Well, Brian, so here we are. We Josh. had this idea. <laughs> yeah. So I had this idea to talk about thinking and thoughts and you were even like, yeah, let's record something. So we recorded an episode and then we trashed it <laughs> because it didn't come out. We good. thought it was terrible. But then, yeah, but then I'm thinking to myself, you know what? This is a good topic. And I thought about diversity of thought and how diversity kind of like links into society and to what we do today and thinking and all that stuff. And I figured, you know what? This is a great thing. Let's riff on this and talk about it. What do you think? I want to do it. And when you reframed it that way, it made me go, ah, okay, that's where the other version went wrong. So we're correcting the version. The lost version will be available in the premium version of Curiosity <laughs> Continuum sometime soon. Launch out with us on the loop as we discuss diversity of thought today on Curiosity Continuum. Hey everybody, this is Josh. And this is Brian. Welcome to Curiosity Continuum. We are a podcast and movement centered by two lifelong friends whose mission is to guide you through a changing world by helping you level up your contextual awareness, sharpen your collaboration skills, and also problem-solving skills. Our conversations explore, examine, and reframe practical topics that help you learn something new and apply what you already know in a new way. If you find these conversations helpful, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app and rate us, leave a review, Others can join the community that way. And you can always find us on Curiosity CuriosityContinuum.com and on our social media accounts. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. All right, Brian. So we were talking about this before in a different way. And then we iterated on our own processes like we do so many times. But we changed so much into thinking about it that we both decided the last episode we're not even going to we're not even going to do it. So. We're going to talk about this idea of diversity of thought, right? We are. So how did you want to tackle this? Did you want to just like explain what diversity of thought is first? Yes, and I want you to share a story. I'm going to turn it right back. I'm going to loop it back to you, Josh. No, that's okay. Okay, I want you to share the struggle that you had going to school to be an aerospace engineer, and the academics were not the problem. Right. You had a problem with some of the other things about thinking that went along with that major. Can you please share with the audience what that is? Sure. So I'll, I'll just, I, I, I come up across this question a lot in my personal professional life. People that kind of know me maybe know that, you know, I went to, I went to college for a while and I just tapped out of it. And the reason is, and, and this is absolutely truthfully the reason, like Brian said, the academic part was not the problem. I have no problem going to school, learning, taking tests, doing that thing. The problem was the way we were being taught and the way it was thinking. And how that was, was I felt, I really felt that this wasn't teaching me stuff I needed to learn for this major. This was teaching me how to think in a certain way and be part of this group of people. And if I didn't think that way, I wouldn't be basically welcome in my career because I would be different and everyone had to be the similar kind of thinking person. And I thought to myself, well, isn't like engineering, isn't this like to solve problems? Shouldn't we all think different? Cause that, that is like the core of the technology, right? Now I know today they're starting to do that more. They're starting to pull in 
different people from different backgrounds and the way people think. They don't really hold that against them. But when Brian and I went to school, if you like were asking like questions and they would tell you that has nothing to do with this. And I thought that was kind of short-sighted because that had everything to do with this because that's how we're learning. We're just learning to be part of a group. And I didn't really necessarily want to be part of this huge group of people all doing the same thing, all thinking the same way. And I think that's an important thing to call out because if we look at the American educational system, we're looking at a system that really got tuned during the industrial revolution and how like you can just become super specialized in something to like go work for somebody or to like work in a factory. And even though like you say, well, like you don't go to college to work in a factory, it's like, right. But you see the constructs of this still existing where it's teaching to the test versus encouraging the learning process. Now, that is not to denigrate uh, every higher education oh, absolutely not. institution out there. No. Because there are really good ones that teach you these things. They teach you philosophy. They teach you how to uh, you know, think about particular writings. They teach you how to actually remember things, how to you know, work through cognition. Those are the good ones, for sure. And I will say this is that as we look at rising college costs, we look at what you actually want to do. And we look now kind of where the world has come in terms of availability of knowledge. Right. We look at the, the technological resources that are at fingertips. It's not as much a resource thing per se. It doesn't mean that there's not inequalities. There are. But the thing that is not being upheld is like rewarding the educational process. And it's a process. And not like hanging somebody to dry out to dry because... They made a mistake or they failed because it's only through the failure and the learning of that and going through that iterative process where you're actually advancing society or whatever project you want to do. Yeah. So like how Brian says it. So let's fast forward to now, like right now today. So when I had these thoughts about um, my major I was going for, my school I was going for, that was in the late 90s, early 2000s. So kind of date us a little bit, but that was not a popular thinking. And I had a tough go of it because, I mean, thankfully I had parents that allowed me to stay at home and supported my decisions that I made, uh, especially when I told my parents I wasn't going back to college right away. I had this idea I was going to go back and do it again. But the more I got into like the real kind of world, living, doing stuff, I got married. I found out that it was just like not worth it for me to go back for what I wanted to actually do. So that's the decision that people are having today. And like Brian said, because of the rising costs of college, I mean, it's gone up like 10 times from when Brian and I went to school. It's it's ridiculous. It's crazy. So you got to really hone in. Do I need this? Do I want to do this? Is this something I'm able to do? Because a lot of people think about, I always hear this, like their parents, like we can't afford college. I'm like, look, if you don't, want to afford college or can't, that's a different thing. But remember that you can borrow your way through college. You just can't borrow your way through retirement. So don't kill yourself yeah. doing it. You know, if you can do it, if you can help, go ahead. But your child probably will and is able to go to some type of higher education after high school if they wanted to, uh, for sure. I mean, they might not go to their dream school, their Ivy League school or whatever, but it's out there, right, Brian? And yeah, and you don't have to like, I didn't go to an Ivy League college and therefore 
it's not the thing. It, right. It's complete complete BS. Let, let's talk about this. There's a fancy term that uh, you may not have ever heard. It is a real term. And when somebody uses it on me, I'm like, that's a real term. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's, it's called metacognition. And it's a fancy learning science term that is thinking about thinking. Right. It sounds like, it, like we're sound like Neil deGrasse Tyson, like we're thinking about thinking. And it sounds way out there, but it's actually not. What it really is, is your exercise that usually develops in like in middle school and high school where like you start to understand strategies of how to learn or how to apply something. And this kind of starts to come in where you can evaluate those things. And right. like, this is how I can understand the world of the problem, uh, like the tools that are available to me, and then using a, a variety of tools to be able to go solve that. Now, what happens a lot of times these days is because like the internet wants to show you what you want to see versus like what you should actually know. And what it does is says like, well, here's the way you do it. And it's given you like the answer, but it's never given you the walkthrough of the process. See, human yep. beings didn't automatically start learning different because Google came on the scene. Like all the people going like, man, why has this got to be so difficult <laughs> to find an answer? Well, they created Google <laughs> to be able to go find this stuff. Right. But they actually had the process of how that actually works in place before they did. We talk about thinking about thinking. It doesn't mean like if you don't think this way about something, then you're wrong or you're not efficient or you're not whatever. And good innovation doesn't come just by doing that. It becomes because you've now backed up to say, what do I do with this? Right. So like we'll take a scientific method, for example. Right. There's a method and I like the method. I think it's a good method, but the, the results of that don't actually give you the most meaningful things. You, the scientist has to back up to go, now what do I do with this? Well, now they're thinking about thinking, right? Right. I got information and what do I do with the yeah, information? Yeah, it's interpreting data is what it is Yeah. from various input. Having data by itself is not useful. No, you need to interpret that in some way. Yeah. And so, so when you- I think that's what we're talking about, right, Brian? We are. So look, going back to the college thing now, loop it back. You have to ask yourself the question, what's the construct by which I want to do my life in? Now, it sounds like, what do you mean by that, Brian? It really means like, have you assumed that when you get out of college, you're just going to go to work for somebody and the company's going to look like this and that's where you're going to find fulfillment or you should do this? There's right. many ways that you could do your life that may not be, they may not match the should of what you've been told up to that point. And they might be non-traditional. And we're coming up to a real, I think, an inflection point in society, especially because we've just gone through this and we're still going through it, but we're on the back end of it, this global pandemic that everyone in the world has a shared experience, right? So everyone has changed so much in the last 12 months. We've changed the way we learn. We've changed the way we value certain jobs and positions and things like that from before to now. It's... Uh, I don't think we, I think we basically crunched down a hundred years of social things in like a year. Yeah. Because if we would have just kept going the way we are, because like we've talked about before, people don't change on a whim. Nine times out of 10, they're forced to do it because people love the routine. We love knowing what's coming next. We love just existing in that world. It actually is hard to like bust out of that. And when it's forced upon us is when we like, oh, maybe we should start doing something different. So, and it doesn't go back as much as people think. Like people, everyone's like, when's life going to be normal again? It's never going to be the way it was. It's going to be slightly different. 
yeah, you might not have to wear a mask and you might not have to do this and you might not have to do that, but your life's going to be different. So how do you kind of navigate that again? And it's looking at how you readapt right. or adapt again. That's an uncomfortable thing. And especially like if you've gotten in a groove of doing a thing and let's say you're even in the same profession right? and like you move to another company. Well, now you're learning a new rhythm. Even if you're doing like the exact same job, you're learning how that company works and however that may work. When you start talking about like my job has completely evaporated in the last 10 years because of automation. Well, where's your unique human contribution to the equation? That's important. Right. Right. That skill hasn't gone away just because you don't. Um, a great quote from my mentor years and years ago was that those who know how will always have a job. Those who know why will always be the boss. And that has stuck with me. Not be, and everybody's like, yeah, you get your own boss and you just go do the thing and whatever <laughs> like that. that that's that's not, <laughs> not what this really, what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that if you know why. The process. You'll always, you'll all, or the, the one to understand the process or to build the process then you will be the leader in that. Right. So if you're, if you're saying, man, I don't want to be a leader. I just want to fall in and do that. Like that's a fine choice. Like everybody makes their own decision about what they're, what the bag of headaches they want to deal with in their life is. Right. And if being the leader and not doing that is not your bag of headaches that you want, that's totally fine. And the constraint with that also is you should understand that you'll be at the whim when that process changes, when that leader changes his or her mind, when the needs of the world change. And if, if you've only learned to follow and never step out and question, then I don't want anybody to be the lemming that just walks off the cliff because everybody walked off the cliff. I mean, that's for real. Like you need to, sometimes you need to pull, pull your head out of the sand yourself. And just because you're doing your own thing doesn't mean the stuff around you is not changing. Yep. When we talk about diversity of thought, it's really the allowing many people to look at things from many perspectives and kind of letting people live in that space and listening well. You know, the diversity of thought, it can cover, I mean, it's a diverse, thoughtful topic we should talk about right. more. So I mean, only really we could go touching on for the edges hours. of this. We can go on for hours about this. Yeah. And this is something that we will go on more about later, I think. But For hours and hours. <laughs> but for now, I think it's good just to give you that primer for it and kind of like what we're talking about so you yeah. guys can start thinking about wrapping your head around the idea and mm -hmm. even just the concept because like brian while brian's talking about like thinking about thinking that's what this kind of is about thinking yeah. about how you think and how you interact with your everyday world really yep and here's the the piece of it like it, we're not talking about nuking like every absolute truth in your life. No, that's not what we're saying. Not but at all. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that you have made deals or you've arrived at some conclusion that was maybe based on that, but that's not, and and you know, antithetical to the truth. Like if something changed, and it's like, well, no, that's the way it's always been. It's like, well, why? Right. Does that actually violate that? You'd be surprised at how much actually doesn't violate that. Right. Or if somebody looks at it from a different angle, they're not wrong. And the problem is when people start to characterize well if it's not exactly this 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 and this about your opinion about something and, and then the very, you're wrong yeah the very nature of opinion is it's your opinion it's yours <laughs> you know and that is yeah. an opinion is something that by very definition cannot be wrong 
because that is what you believe. That's what you think. Not that you can't change. And maybe you have, like, you may be even thinking, you know, that opinion's kind of bad. But that's good because then you're thinking about it. You're like, oh, I'm thinking, how do I change this to be better? Or how do I change this to encompass a different viewpoint? Yeah. Don't fall into the, the trap of, like, what somebody says on social media. I feel this. Change my mind. And people are like, oh, I'm going to change his mind. Like, no, you ain't. You see, that <laughs> used to be, like, a thing that was funny. You know, it's never, it should never be something serious. You know, it should just be, this is just having fun. And and that's where people need to start, I think, and a lot of people, and I think a lot of people really do realize this. They realize this on the outside, but they get sucked into the trap where we can just stop. Social media is not the real world. We don't yep. have to listen to it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, the the iteration, Josh, in the consideration. Yeah. And it's not, it's phrased purposely this way. It's like, what if that person is not wrong? Not what if they're right. Right. But what if they're not wrong? Not wrong. Exactly. That opens up like, well, what if they're not wrong? What does that actually do? Well, you know what? Like Josh and I are always like needling people to like stab with ice picks. That's a really violent image, but like really like. <laughs> but we are. <laughs> stab with ice. And the, the complacency of where you've just settled into patterns like because when you do that type of thing the mind gets old and it gets crystalline and it's like there's no change and and there's and there's atrophy that happens yep and so part of this process is giving everyone who listens and everyone really just a little bit of mind flex kind of like a mind nugget for you to kind of start thinking a little differently we're gonna make a T-shirt called Mind Flex, and it'll come sh- <laughs> come it, soon. It'll have me lifting you. weights on it <laughs> <laughs> with your brain. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put a comment in the conversation. Huh? Yeah, why not? All right. So until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh for Curiosity Continuum. Thank you.